Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. Higgins straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. You don't lose Cleveland, you lose Cincinnati. Two seconds left, third down and five. Tannehill ready for the shotgun snap. He has the ball. He's back to throw. Looking. Throws over the middle. Bobbled. Intercepted. The Bengals have it at the 47-yard line. 20 seconds on the clock. And the Bengals will have the ball about 15 yards away from Evan McPherson's long field goal range. Burrow catches a shotgun snap. Blitz coming. Joe with time. Throws for Chase. Got it. And out of bounds at the 35 of Tennessee. McPherson ready from 52 yards away. Clark Harris will snap it back to Kevin Huber for the win. The snap, the put down, the swing of the right leg. It's on its way. It is good. Coffin nails. Bam, bam, bam. That is unbelievable. 54 and 52 at the gun. That is unrealism right there. And the Bengals advance to the final four. AFC Championship game, Dan. AFC Championship game. Hello and welcome to... <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 159 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. And as you can tell, I've still got an enormous smile on my face. My name is Paul Hirons. Joining me to dissect a remarkable weekend of divisional playoff round games. Well, just one, really, let's face it. It's Nathan Palmer. Nathan, how are you today? Oh, my goodness, son. I mean, unbelievable, isn't it? Just an incredible effort from the Bengals. What a win. What a game. What a spectacle. Yeah, I I can't quite believe it, but I can. I think this is the thing that's weirding me out. I can't quite believe it, but I can because we, we have been peaking at the right time. We've gutsed it out. We've shown resilience. We've shown big plays when we needed to. We, we we deserve to be in the AFC Championship game, and I totally agree with Joe Burry. You know, it's not a case of why not us. It is us. God damn it, it is us. <laughs> I think they've exceeded everyone's expectations. It's, I, I think they've just they've played with such maturity. It's been incredible to watch some of these games as well. I mean, both of them going down to the final um, play of the game. It's not just we've won them and it's been quite a nice, comfortable win. They've really, they've really given us uh, some entertainment, haven't they? And our money's worth, for sure. Oh, God, did they ever. I mean, they're nervy. Nervy as you like on Saturday night. And uh, describe to me your feelings when um, McPherson uh, slotted that field goal through and as, as time expired. What were your feelings? What did you do? Well, I mean... It, it it was really a bit overwhelming in some ways because you just it's not what that that's the sort of game the Bengals historically would struggle in they've not been able to get over the line in those tight games and you're not just playing a sort of middle of the pack team there you're playing the number one seed in the AFC and to go on the road to them and 
pull out a win like that in such tight circumstances, when that ball, I mean, it was also just the perfect kick. I mean, we'll get to Evan McPherson, but it wasn't even like one of those kicks that sort of sways around a bit and it just tucked inside the post. I mean, it was quite literally the perfect kick. And I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I was I was sort of hoisted about 10 foot in the air by a couple <laughs> of our friends and, you know, it's been span round. The bouncer told us one more time we're being thrown out. But I mean, it was certainly, you know, one of the probably the best sporting moment of my life, quite honestly. I think that would echo quite a few people's uh, reaction, really. And we'll get to your correspondence later on. Obviously, uh, as you can imagine, there's a lot of joy, a lot of happiness around, a lot of disbelief but a lot of uh, acceptance that we're there in the AFC Championship game. I was trying to explain things to a non-NFL fan, and I said basically we're just one game away from the Super Bowl. We're in the semi-finals, if, if you want, and we're just one game away. And as I was saying that, the kind of it just felt a bit surreal, really. I think we've all been used to, obviously, losing seasons and teams that, could and perhaps should have gone a lot farther but didn't because of awful luck injuries all the rest of it but yeah i mean wow just wow and um it's a funny thing isn't it because you want to drink it in and just live in the moment but it it things are happening so quickly do you know what i mean it's like it it just felt like yesterday that we'd qualified for the for the playoffs we'd got off the roller coaster of the regular season and then we sort of boarded the the more savage roller coaster of the playoffs with more crazy corkscrews and more stomach flipping drops and the speed kind of ramped up by about a hundred million kilometers per hour. And before you know it, it's just like bang, we're in the AFC Championship game. It's it, the, yeah, yeah. The, it is so. I and I, I, you know, I was trying to think about. Someone asked me as well about how this compares to the eighty-eight, eighty-nine run, and I don't think it does because, you know, I was a teenager back then, and, and things were so different. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have. Um, this sort of blanket coverage. We weren't able, you know, to, to kind of see fans videos from the stadium in tailgates or whatever yeah um everything is amped up completely we can see highlights we can see stats we can read pff or people kind of you know dissecting plays to the to the absolute infinitesimal level of detail you know we we kind of this is the good thing about social media i think it makes you feel part of it and there's just yeah. no comparison that the hype and the excitement and the anticipation is through the roof, man, absolutely through the roof. But I was trying to think back, and it did that that speed in which the playoffs happen, especially if you're winning, the momentum, the speed and the tempo, the weeks go kind of, you know, time expands and contracts, and it's just such a weird, surreal time, you know, and suddenly... It's AFC Championship game time, and we're in it. So, yeah, it's such a it's such a hard one. I keep saying, just drink it in and and live every moment because this isn't going to happen every year. You know, even if we have like, if, even if we have a better team la- next year, this may not happen next year because you know what it's no. like. Yeah. It's really yeah. difficult to get to the playoffs. And one hundred percent, you look at the Packers. 100%. I am, yeah. I am aware that I'm talking a hundred miles an hour at the moment, but. <laughs> But um, 
Look at the Packers. You know, they were expected to go the way. Look, I mean, the Titans were the number one seed. Look at the Bills. Fantastic yep. team. They're not They're not there anymore. And so it is really difficult. So, yeah, just drink it in. Enjoy it and, and savour every moment if you possibly can. And... Um, um, but also be be mindful of the fact that we deserve to be there. You know, it's none of this kind of it's surreal and it's weird and it's crazy. It's 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 where we deserve to be. I think you know. Yeah, we've we've played phenomenally, and I think you look back to the last sort of six games. We've won five of our last six, and I mean, you take that Browns game out because it wasn't a game. I mean, you know, it's just a complete yeah. sort of exhibition game at that point you think we've won our last five competitive games and you got to think in that five uh, five game run you get a really good win against the denver team that uh, are pretty tricky the ravens obviously in a must-win divisional game then you beat the chiefs and you think cool what a run that is then you get to the playoffs the raiders at home to get that monkey off our back dispatch them I uh, thought we were quite comfortably the better team there, mate. You know, nearly threw it away, but did more than enough, in my opinion, to deserve that win. And then you go to the number one seed Titans on the road and beat them and play really well. And you look at that run and you think that, you know, those five games there where we've needed to win, I mean, all of them really, that, that you go back to that Denver game, that was nearly a must-win game. You know, we're coming off the back of two losses. It was all looking a bit bleak. I think if you lose that, your hopes of the playoffs are really starting to fade. And, they just played so so fucking well. Yeah, I uh, mean, like they really have. They've just stepped it up. Joe Burrow's played at a different level. Critically, I think more than anything else, the defense has played at a fantastic mm. level as well. They've just even against really good teams like the Chiefs, they have shit points, but they've just played so well, forcing turnovers, limiting teams to field goals, doing more than enough to say to Joe Boy and the offense, "Look, you guys go and win this." And I'm proud. You know, I just think it's an incredible achievement. For a team that are good, we're a very good team, but no one expected this from us. We're not that experienced. We've got a very, very young team. And you, like, you made a really good point, son. You look around the AFC and you look at the quarterbacks in that league and, you know, I know the Ravens had a rough year with Lamar Jackson being out for a long time, but there is Patrick Mahomes, there is Josh Allen, there is, you know, some bloody good quarterbacks. you Justin Herberts as well. Like, they're, they're very, very talented lads knocking about in the AFC and like you said next year there could be injuries there could be anything mm. out there we we just might not be as good as the Chiefs or the Titans or whoever next year you know and you do have to just drink it all in they've done an absolutely exceptional job of exceeding expectations and handling it with an enormous amount of maturity you might be able to tell by the energy uh, coming forth from your speakers that we're a little bit hyped up and a little bit excited, <laughs> I think. Ready to run for a wall, Sam. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, before we get into the game, a bit of reaccione, um, we, let me tell you, we have a special guest. It's uh, um, the Bengals Radio's Wayne Box Miller uh, coming up uh, first time on Cincinnati and he's well worth uh, a listen. And um, we talk a bit about how the fans are going nuts in the city and worldwide and what it's been like over there and what he thinks of the team and what he thinks our chances are and all the rest of it. Um, Because it's a special occasion, we are going to do two podcasts this week, so watch out for another one later on in the week, specifically, I think, to preview uh, the Chiefs game. Um, and also, excitingly, we should be 
announcing tomorrow. This is uh, Monday the 24th. So tomorrow, Tuesday the 25th, we'll be announcing some meetups um, for the AFC Championship game. Hopefully one in London, hopefully one in Manchester. Um, so uh, if you're okay with travelling and leaving your home, I know Omicron is still raging out there and uh, it's not to everyone's taste, but if you do fancy coming down to watch uh, the game with fellow Bengals fans, then look out on our social media platforms for details of that uh, of that meetup for the AFC Championship game. Um, right, shall we get into it? Let's have some reaction. It. Okay, well, um, again, we try and be objective, even though, you know, emotions are running high. Um, a lot was... <laughs> A lot was happening in that game. A lot was happening in that game, wasn't there? Just a wild game. Such a great one for the neutral. I mean, you think about the first play of the game was a turnover. Um, just really back and forth. And where do we start? I mean... <laughs> where, well, you mentioned you, well, you mentioned it. Uh, it was the perfect start for the Bengals. They got a turnover. Yeah. And uh, Jesse Bates intercepted Tannehill. And um, they couldn't quite capitalise on it, but he, you know, even on that first offensive drive, you know, they were they were just streaming through the offensive line. Your, your Simmons, your Autrys, your Harold Landrys, you know, yeah. they were as advertised. And we all, I think, that was a lot of Bengals fans' worries how the interior offensive line, especially, was going to handle that that trio or quartet of pass yeah. rushes and. Uh, uh, couldn't handle them. Could not all game. Could not handle them. Um, and that yeah. was the. I think that's it. This was the takeaway about this. One of the well, one of the takeaways was how we managed to pull this one out of the fire after getting an absolute battering up front. You know, at least the yeah. offensive side of the ball. It was astonishing the the way they. Were, it was like turnstiles. They were just kind of walking through basically. And that. And I think you have to give credit to to the Titans for coming up with a game plan. Yeah. They were blitzing a lot more. They were disguising their coverages a lot more. They were obviously throwing things, obviously used that sort of two-week break to kind of to install some new looks and some new blitzes and, 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 and just confuse Joe Boy and um, certainly the offensive line. Um, yeah, that wasn't, that, was, that wasn't the greatest to see, you know, Burrow no. getting sacked eight, nine times. That really wasn't good to see. No, I, I think the game really felt like an old school boxing match. And we did a really good job, like you said, at just controlling it from the start, getting the ball, um, putting some points on the board. And what I think the team did a really good job of is taking field goals. You know, don't be in, in a tight game like that where you know the Titans offense with Ryan Tano. It's not Kansas City. You're probably not going to get away with chipping away with field goals against a team like the Chiefs. You're going to need more um, against a defense like theirs than the Titans with that pass rush. But I just thought they did a really good job of getting points on the board. With, you know, going back and forth, trading blows. The Titans might score, but then we'd respond. And we just kept ourselves ahead. And towards the end, the momentum obviously swung massively back towards the Titans mm. and I was sitting there feeling a bit of that sort of inevit inevitability um, of oh shit we're going to throw this away you know it it's slipping it's slipping it's slipping 
And then we turned it around and you, just unusual um, for Bengals fans. But I would say on the subject, like you said, of the, the offensive line, I don't want to talk negatives because, you know, we are on cloud nine at the moment, but it is a problem, the line. And you can say that some of the sacks might be on Joe Boy, coverage yeah. sacks, whatever you want to say with stuff like that. But he was the most sacked quarterback in the league this year. He tore his ACL and MCL the year before if we keep him healthy, we will be a really scary team. And I think everyone in the national media, every fan out there is acknowledging that for the next decade at least. And I do think, unfortunately, that's a big if. You know, you've got to keep this guy upright because the second he goes down, the drop-off is enormous. You know, we go from being a Super Bowl contender to maybe not even a playoff team overnight. So... I do think that's got to be a priority in the offseason. I think you've probably got to go out there and sign the best tackle on the market or the best interior lineman on the market, someone to really come in and make a big impact. If it has to be via trade, then so be it. I mean, if we have to give up draft picks at this point, you know, we are in that win now type of mode, sort of the Ram style of just going all in. Mm. And we probably want to use our first round draft pick on a lineman as well, because it's the most glaring um, area of need by a while. But we're not, unfortunately, we're not discussing the draft and free agency in January. We are in, still in contention going into the final week. And that is because of the absolutely gutsy performance that I think that was. Yeah, I think I think I mentioned on Twitter that um, afterwards that that was, in all my time of, of um, supporting this team, that was the gutsiest, yeah. most courageous performance and win that I've seen from from the club and this goes back to the boomer years you know incredible it's a real scrap wasn't it it was an absolute scrap and it felt like one of those games that to win we were going to have to hang in there take some hits take some yeah. blows yeah. Some yeah. body blows which is obviously what we did and just stick in there and 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 just eke it out and that's exactly what happened and this yep. is the beauty of, of, of Chase and Burrow uh, as you heard on Dan Horde's commentary there, brilliant Dan Horde um, and his commentary in that final minute of the game, um, even though they were battered, even though the momentum was against us, even though, you know, all this stuff was happening, um, one play is that all it needed. One play it came yep. down to, and that, you know, I'm not talking about the, the field goal, but I'm talking about the pass and the catch from Burrow to Chase to set up that field goal, the absolute yes. crucial, crucial play that set up the winner. And that's that's I think this is the big difference with this team. We can hang in there. You know that Joe Boy will make a play. He will find a way, and he did it. Um, great throw to the boundary and great route by Jamar. Um yeah, just just astonishing stuff. But the defense, we've got to talk about the defense because oh. again, um, you know, Logan. I mean, twenty seconds to go, wasn't it? Something like that. Um, the Titans had it on. You know, were kind of starting to move a little bit. They they were getting some chunky plays in the fourth quarter, which was starting to worry me. All the momentum was with them. All of it as well. You yeah. forget that. I mean, I was sat there just feeling really like it was slipping away, feeling a bit deflated. You know, they really had turned it round. They scored that fantastic touchdown to AJ Brown. Um, you know, we'd obviously given that hor really unfortunate turnover away. Mm, mm. 
And that that really felt like one of those where it was like, oh, he's dropped it. Wait a minute. And, <laughs> you know, obviously, I'll tell you what on that, you know, you can knock P. Ryan a little bit because, you know, you'd like to think he'd catch that. He did a bloody good job of stopping the touchdown there. Yeah, good shout. Good shout. Because that, that geezer was rolled over on his way straight to the end zone mm. as if he was just going to score immediately there. And P. Ryan did a very good job with another guy around him of managing to get him down and, mm. you know, hold him up there. But, um, yeah, it felt when they had that ball and they were moving towards the end there, you just felt like they had all the momentum. They're at home. The crowd's behind them. All they need is a field goal here in about 25 yards. Yeah. And lo and behold, look what happened. Yeah, Tannehill tried to squeeze that ball in. Eli Apple has, you know, we've spoken about him on this podcast before. What a fantastic season. What a fantastic turnaround for his career. Yeah. Um, forced the ball out and it popped up right to Logan Wilson, who's just got this knack of being where the action is, hasn't he? He's got that innate. So he's on the dance of, floor again. Exactly. <laughs> and he was there. And, um, and it was just like, oh, God. Goodness me, this game is just nuts. Absolutely crackers. And um, even then, there's a lot to do, isn't there? With 22 yeah. seconds, you mm. know what I mean? I think we only had a timeout, maybe. It's like, oh, like to still be able to do that from there. I mean, the bollocks on Joe Boy. Oh, yeah. Enormous. Enormous testicles. We're back at it again, describing his testicles. What amazingly shiny, massive balls he has. And uh, but, but what that's, I... that's this team all season though. We've said that about a few <clears throat> of the testicular heaviness of yeah. a lot of the guys this season. McPherson, Burrow. I mean, Chase has stepped up during the game. I mean, there really have been some like serious performances under pressure, and you, you don't go into the number one seed without you know. In, in a game like that, where with the guys like Burrow's taken a beat in, the Titans are a very good, well coached team. Yeah. They had Derek Henry back, they had AJ Brown <clears throat> and Julio Jones back. I mean, they were in a pretty good position. I just can't, I can't believe we won it, so I can't. I know. But uh, what I loved, I think, about this game was just the fact that everyone was making plays. Well, you know, you can mention Jesse Bates, who had a terrific game, yeah. and I know he's being very highly rated by PFF throughout this playoff run so he seems to be back you know near to his best uh Mixon ran really hard in a difficult game for him because they've got a really yep. good run defense and you know that touchdown was terrific that was all him that was a that was a broken play and he managed to yeah get out to the outside great, cut. Yep. great yep. cut great great awareness um you know Chris Evans on uh, on kick returns. You know he gave us some good field position. Looked dangerous. yeah, it's a good, it's a good shout. That is a good shout. Trey Flowers as a gunner on special team. Okay, yes, once he got there too early, but twice he made unbelievable tackles on their returner. Yeah, that's uh, a great point to pin them back. You know, I saw Clay Johnson making plays. Clay also. Johnson, I was going to say, that's such a big play on that two point conversion. I as mean, well. this this was huge plays. You know, they stopped them. On the goal line with Derrick Henry from uh, the one, from the one, and Clay Johnson was making plays. The 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 sequence that had me out of my seat. I know this is weird to say, even more so than the Evan McPherson field goal, was when they stopped them on first uh, fourth down in. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, just you, huge you, play that you two back to back plays yeah, as well. Like, the Hill run. Yeah. That was a great bit of play there from that the was, linebackers. That, that, to that, get was, that was Cam Sample. That yeah, was breaking Cam Sample, through. yeah. On the fourth and, down, with Derek Henry 
King Henry, yes, my ass, King Henry. King Henry, uh, Tyler Shelvin was in there. DJ Reader was in there. You know, uh, Old Mother Hubbard was piling in. If you watch that play again, how those lads scrapped, it was almost like some sort of frenzied phone booth fight. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it takes more than one geezer to get yeah. Derek Henry down. So you see, it's all well and good getting one guy there. Yeah. But easily, you know, he can shake one guy off. There was about four of them all over him. One on his leg, one yeah. on his around his waist, one <laughs> at the top of him. <laughs> no. I mean, it was a it was a real like you know Godzilla like takedown. Yeah, it? it really was. And um, we'll get to one of those people I mentioned in a second. But you know, Mike Hilton saving a touchdown run by uh, oh. Deonta Foreman. Um, yeah, and then that incredible interception where he Outrageous read the screen, that. tipped it, returned it. Incredible. So you're you're looking at you know I mentioned about nine ten players there who all made enormous contributions. Um, yeah, but I tell you who my apart from Evan, it's DJ Reader. What unbelievable! A, what a game he had. Unbelievable. I mean the amount of times he shed blocks and just powered through. It was almost like he was just doing everything himself. I mean, I've not seen a nose tackle performance like that for a in a Bengals jersey. That is for a long, long time. Um, he no. played outstandingly, and that's two weeks in. I mean, he's didn't been doing it all season, but you know, we kind of knew what player we were getting. But I think he's taken things up to a oh, different level, and he is. I mean, in his position. I'm not sure there's another no pure nose tackle that's as good as him in the NFL yeah. at the moment. And unbelievable, it, it, unbelievable. He doesn't, nose tackles are those type of players. They don't necessarily get the flashy big plays, all the sacks. You know, they just sort of chip away. They stop the run. They're a bit of a force in the middle. But he's been, you know, every last play the last couple of weeks has been involved. You see him storming <clears> into the backfield, stopping runs, getting in the way of the passing lanes. I mean... He's just been an absolute bulldozer. And when he came in last year, it was such a shame he got hurt so soon because I really felt like he was going to be a big impact player um, last year. But he's come back, got over his injury, and, you know, we spoke to him. Such an impressive, nice, you know, genuine guy um, when we had him on the podcast. And I tell you what, yeah. he, he's backed that up on the field. What an absolute, what an absolute performance. And I tell you what, when you get to the playoffs or you get into any meaningful game like this with knockout situation, your best players, you know, you hope they can sort of stand up and play their best and take it to a different level. And I mean, we knew the Bengals are good. We knew they've got some good players either side of the ball. I've been so impressed. At, you know, when you talk about Mike Hill and DJ Reed, obviously Burrow and Chase, etc. But the fact they found another gear, it seems, in the playoffs is yeah. even more yeah. impressive. So phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, as I say, Tyler Shelvin was getting involved. Zach Kerr, who was signed off the street last week, made a couple of good <laughs> stops. Incredible, absolutely yeah. incredible. But yeah. you're absolutely banjo on that uh, point there, Nathan. How many times did the Dalton era, and, you know, we loved Andy Dalton, we loved AJ Green, we yeah. loved Geno Atkins, yeah. loved Carlos Dunner. They never found that extra gear, did they? For whatever reason, they just couldn't. I mean, AJ was dropping passes in playoff games. You know, um, they, yeah. the defense were giving up chunky players when, you know, when they weren't during the regular season. It just seems that you know, indiscipline in the game that shall not be named. The incredible yeah. indiscipline. 
And yet, yeah, I feel the one problem with the Andy era, I always feel like, and I don't want to sort of hark back on about this, but they always did get quite unlucky with injuries. You yes, they Dalton did. Absolutely. Missed yeah, that yeah. game against the Steelers. AJ Green missed a handful. You remember that Colts playoff game yeah, where it was yeah, effectively yeah. like Rex Burkhead was about the only geezer we could throw in there. We had almost no receivers and we're completely, you know, we're completely empty. So that's the one thing I think that's the difference maker for us this year is just the health of this squad across the board. I mean, yeah. you look at the injury reports coming into games and it's just like, there's no one on them, yeah, you know, yeah. and it was a big loss to lose Larry Joby, but you've still got your biggest players either side. Getting Trey Hendrickson back for that game was massive. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't get a sack in the game, but he was always in and around, sniffing yeah. around the quarterback, getting in Tannehill's face. And, you know, that obviously really helped. And, that's like why we said a million times, you know, next year we might have a better team. We might get some better players in the draft and free agency and not really lose anyone because we have got a lot of cap space. But it's going to be rare that you've got yeah. this much talent at your disposal going into the AFC title game. And the tie, um, the Chiefs lost a few players, I think, to injury last night in their secondary. They've had some, you know, some concerns across the board. So, you know, we got we got a real chance. You know, we we I don't believe we lost anyone of any huge significance or anyone at all. I don't believe um, in that game just gone. So, very exciting position to be in. Yeah, and I just love that. I can't back to that point that you made. I just think our guys are finding an extra gear, which we've never really seen from a Bengals team in the playoffs before. And like you say, you know, it, the, the intensity ramps up. It's where your best players come to play and they find another level. They somehow dig deep and find it. And your DJ readers, your Joe Burrows, your Jamar Chases, you know, your Mixons are yeah. finding that level, you know, and that can only inspire those around them. And um, what a scrap, what a, what nerve and, 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 and resilience on Saturday night just to keep coming. And all they needed was one play on offense and they hit it. And uh, sometimes games are like that. It's a defensive scrap and, you know, hats off to everyone. Good, you know, you can't knock the coach in, I don't think. you. Um, the only thing I would, no, I'm not going to hark on anything negative at all. They deserve all the praise they get. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal performance. Yeah, I, I think as well, I'm not the biggest fan of... You know, and I feel like this is very prevalent in American sports is the talk of like, you know, the hype up of, you know, yeah. we're this and that, we're them, we're the ones that, you know, we believe in the team, we're in, you know, all this, in this together. And a lot of the time it can just be a lot of hot air. And when Zach Taylor came in, you, you, he was a great talker. I mean, when we had him on the podcast, I was ready to run through a wall. Like you could tell he you know, knew what he was talking about. He's a great visionary. He's really trying to motivate these guys. And through two years, I think everyone was getting a bit sick and tired of the, oh, you know, the culture he's building and all these yeah. sort of buzzwords. And you felt like it was a bit empty. But the, the, the chemistry within the locker room, the belief and the confidence that – borders on arrogance but it isn't arrogant no. it's just a quiet like when's the next game we're ready to play like you know we really genuinely think we can win this there is it's not they really do believe it and they seem really together as a team i think it was mike hilton um or cheeto that came out the other day and just said that he'd never played on a team where there was just so much belief together and chemistry and there was no egos in the locker room there's no one sort of in it for themselves and that's you know a bit into their own brand and their own contract it's just Everyone playing together as a young team that wants to win. And I, I have to give full credit not only to Zach 
for building that culture and you know putting us in a position we got now but duke tobin and the front office for bringing in these guys people like your mike hilton's your cheetos your trey hendrickson's that have come in and not only just brought talent but brought real togetherness chemistry leadership whatever you want to call it to the locker room because bloody hell it's coming together yeah, you're not wrong. And uh, speaking of chemistry, I think it's probably a good time to bring in our special guest who can talk a bit more about that. So do welcome in, for the first time on Cincinnati, it is Wayne Boxmiller. As promised, we do have a special guest this week. It is the brilliant... You've probably heard him every week uh, in the press conferences uh, with Zach and the players. It is, of course, the brilliant uh, Bengals Radio Network pre-game, half-time and post-game host. It's Wayne Boxmiller. Box, how you doing? Thank you so much for joining us. First time on the show. Thank you. Hey, Paul, thank you so much, man. Happy to be aboard and you know, follow you guys. Thank you for supporting us all the way across the pond there, as you say. Oh, well, it's an absolute pleasure. And it is, an, I mean, double absolute pleasure at the moment. Um, just describe what the city is like at the moment. It must be going nuts. You know, they're, they're not only going nuts, they're going nuts on the road. <laughs> uh, the, contingent, <laughs> the contingent that went to Nashville blew my mind. They were posting, and you probably saw Bingo Jim and others on social media, the number of Bingo fans that invaded Nashville uh, lets you know just how much this team means to the city. Mm. And, of course, that's been in question for a while. There's been lots of, you know, disenchantment, shall we say, disengagement, crowds have been down. But, you know, I'm from a generation that remembers Riverfront absolutely rammed with people and shouting and hollering and the atmosphere is deafening. And so that that has always been there. I guess it's just having you've got to tap back into it. Right. Yeah. And I don't think they ever disconnected. I think they were just in that holding pattern, holding hope. They just kept holding hope, like, I know we're going to get better. I know we're going to do better. I know at some point it's going to happen. And, you know, holding hope can be a very daunting task for any of us in life or sports or whatever. And I think to finally let go of that hope and grab reality mm. is just the moment that uh, really just encapsulates the last probably two months of this year where we really knew as a city, and there's Bengal fans everywhere, including you guys, really knew that this team has something special and they're displaying it in a manner in which we all envisioned. Um, I was asked today, actually, whether this kind, this level of excitement was around in 88, 89, and I was a teenager then. So, I mean, I would say no, because over here we have a diff slightly different perspective on mm -hmm. the, the fandom, as you guys do, because you live in the city. Um, I remember, you know, we. I remember kind of the excitement, but I think with social media and, you know, the way that we're able to access content and highlights and all these fantastic hype videos that the Bengals put out and fans making their own podcasts like us and fans making their own little tribute films. And that has That has kind of amplified the mm -hmm. excitement um what do, i mean do, do, do you th what what how would you answer that question box um i think it's the advent of social media mm. i think so if you think back which is really funny because uh i know me personally as i'm getting older i'm thinking man 
I, I can't tell people, do you remember when, you know, for example, the, the hashtag used to be called a pound symbol and things of that <laughs> nature. But if you think back um, to the old days of Riverfront and you fast forward to Paul Brown Stadium, think about the cell phone, the emergence of the Internet, the emergence of apps, the emergence of video content on your phone, a handheld mobile device that has more storage than computers we used to have, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So I think when you look at all of those things and the confluence of them all in the way the NFL does it, it is a machine, but it also empowers fans to be as expressive as they possibly can. And based on that fan's particular talent or access to resources, you're going to get just a myriad of content that we all love, share, and just enjoy. Yeah, I, I really agree. And that is absolutely the the main difference between now and then, I think. And, um, you know, the fact that you can just just go onto Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever it might be, TikTok even, whatever, and you have people at the game videoing mm -hmm. Joe Burrow kind of walking off the field, fist <laughs> clenched, you know, all that kind of stuff. It makes you feel more a part of it, I think. Um Let's just talk about the team. Um, it's it's happened really quickly, isn't it? Because like once you've forgotten, and I think we've all forgotten, once you get in, into the playoffs, it's a, it's it's a it's another roller coaster, isn't it? You know, yes. you, the regular season roller coaster stops, and then you suddenly go up again for the playoffs, and then bang, you're hurtling round this roller coaster, <laughs> and it's difficult to catch your breath. And now suddenly, with it, we're in the AFC Championship game. I mean, what, what, is, how are you feeling about it? Are you, are you struggling to catch your breath? Are you, are you kind of, uh, are you trying your best to live the moment? Because that's what I'm telling people: just try and savor this moment if you can. Paul, the best advice you could give anyone is what you just said: savor the moment, live in the moment. And it's hard. I'll be honest; I, my oxygen level probably dips below advisory <laughs> status, but. I mean, we have to stay in the moment and just simply appreciate this Bengal team by itself. Let them live in this moment by themselves. No disrespect to the guys I used to work with because I worked with a lot of the former players. And even they will tell you, this is their moment. This is their team. Um, and, and as fans, enjoy this moment, every win, every play, every near uh, – death experience for some people because you have cardiac issues, but um, in, in seriousness, enjoy the moment, soak it in, journal, video it, discuss it because, you know, 10, 15 years from now, you may be having a conversation with someone and saying, oh, the success they're having now, let me tell you how that started uh, or when the pivot happened and uh, enjoying the moment now will help you tell a better story later. Yeah, that's such that's such a lovely th way to look at it. I think, and absolutely the correct way. Um, what about this team, Wayne? I mean, it's um, it's remarkable the run that they're on. The, the confidence you can just see it, the flowing through them, the momentum is is all going their way. Um, what's been the biggest takeaway for in terms of players and teams and the way this team has changed for you? You know, one thing you may not know about me, Paul, I used to represent players. I did sports marketing for Eric Davis, Deion Sanders, Jeff Blake, uh, 
I've, I've done sports talk radio and I can tell you, and I reference all that to tell you, I have seen only a handful of teams with the camaraderie and genuine, authentic uh, admiration for each other like this team. And they told us in training camp, we genuinely like each other. We genuinely are rooting for each other, offense and defense. We're, we're going against each other and battling every day, but we're rooting for each other. I'm fighting for the same job this guy's fighting for, but we're genuinely rooting for each other. Do you think, oh, I've, I've heard that. That's just football speak, coach speak. It's real. It is as authentic as you probably are going to find, and it is refreshing. It is exciting, and it is the reason why these guys can stare a game in the face like yesterday with pivot, pivotal moments and say, we're, we're going to get through it because I looked at this guy to my left and right, and I know who he is, and we're going to get through it, and they do. So you think that's the main reason? That's the, big, the biggest difference. There, there's a locker room now that, not that it wasn't before, but it's on a different level now in terms of camaraderie. I mean, Zach, when he came in, talked about culture endlessly. And I think we all scoffed a little bit because it's kind of a bit coach speak, a little bit right, kind right. of, you know, trendy kind of on on trend stuff. And it didn't really mean anything. Uh, but th this is what he means, right? This is this is this is what he was after when he came in. Yes, you know, he was playing chess while everybody was looking at the checkerboard. And what he was doing, for example, he kept drafting captains. This guy was a former captain on his team. Well, this guy was voted captain by his teammates. Or this guy was captain all through football because he wanted to bring in that mindset of leadership. But in doing that, he brought in this uh, accountability, um, support, collaborative approach that, hey, guys, once you figure we're all in this together, when you figure that out, we're going to be stronger. Uh, we're going to be like that three-strand cord that the Bible talks about that's not easily broken. And again, they just really look at each other. And Zach said something very critical today, I thought, was that when you put in the work, when you put in the preparation time, when you communicate with each other and you walk out on their field, you can stay calm in the moment because you did the work. Hmm. Um, what about yesterday? I mean, we were recording this what, on the Sunday, Sunday the 23rd. Um, it was a Herculean performance yesterday. The, I mean, they took an absolute battering uh, at times, but they gutsed it out. They gritted their teeth. They they just managed to have enough. They they dug really deep into that well, didn't they? Um, what was yes. your what was your favorite moment from yesterday? Would you say? You you know it might surprise some people. My I have two favorite moments. My first favorite moment was Jesse Bates' interception on the first play of the game. And here's why. Um, again, I said I've been around this the, the sports world and. The United States a long time. Eric Davis and the Cincinnati Reds back in 1990 swept the Oakland A's, who were basically called invincible. And no one was going to beat them. The Reds were at their mercy. And in the first game of that series, it was the best four of seven. The Reds swept them in four. But in that first game, Eric Davis hit a home run off their starting pitcher in his first at bat. And it kind of set the tone for that series to say, David can beat Goliath. 
well, maybe this is not of that magnitude, but it's pretty daggone close because this was the number one seed and they're on the road and, and, and they're the underdogs, as they say, we're no longer that. But on that very first play for Jesse Bates to seize that moment and make a play, I think it said to the Titans, we are ready to play you. My second moment is I'm convinced that DJ Reader channeled Larry Ogunjobi in addition to his own body and he was two men at one time because what he did at the line of scrimmage yesterday was simply phenomenal. I mean, I, I, I just watching him play was just a, a thing of beauty. Yeah, I agree. I think he was my, aside from, from Evan, obviously, I think DJ was, uh, was my personal MVP. I th- think he was just phenomenal the way yeah like you said he was almost taking on two men three men's job and i know that i know that they were playing with sometimes sort of seven eight nine men front sometimes but dj was the guy i mean just phenomenal um can they win it can they win it all absolutely can this is not this year is not a clear-cut favorite i think there are some years in sports where you look at someone and say oh that you know everybody else is playing for second or you know, hey, we know that this team is going to be there. If you really look at this Cincinnati Bengal team, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, who have gone to the Super Bowl two years in a row. Um, they beat Pittsburgh twice this year. They beat Baltimore twice. And I understand that, you know, Lamar Jackson was banged up the second time. But they've faced tough teams, and they've won. And as Jesse Bates said today, sometimes it's not pretty and sometimes it's a blowout. But the bottom line is this team continues to get better. They continue to believe in themselves. They continue to know that they are just as good as anybody else. Take yesterday, the Green Bay Packers. Again, everybody had put them in the Super Bowl. Mm. Well, Aaron Rodgers can't beat the 49ers. I mean, uh, maybe he needs to do a discount double check or something on the you know, on what's going on in San Francisco. But this is a wide open race. And the Cincinnati Bengals, I like their chances. Well, there you go. I think we should stop there before we nix anything, uh, Box. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, again, uh, you can hear, well, well, you can. I'm not sure whether we can access your stuff in the UK, but um, we can certainly, uh, you can certainly hear them during the press conferences and um follow him at uh wayne box miller on twitter uh box it's been a pleasure thank you so much for the time and um enjoy the rest of the ride my friend hey you as well we're in this together man so let's uh you know let's, let's stay in this car together and put on some good music and <laughs> <laughs> let's ride all the way to los angeles man and get that trophy i like the sound of that i like the sound of that wayne thank you so much we'll speak to you again soon Hey, brother, my pleasure, man. Thank you. There you go. That was Box. What a lovely man he is. What a guy. What a bloke. Um, well, well, what a gentleman. Absolutely. Uh, he'll be coming on again, that's for sure. Um, and again, he reiterated the, the whole kind of chemistry. He's not seen anything like this before ever in Cincinnati, which is a bit crazy to think about. Um, but it's exactly what, you know, as I mentioned there, you know, it's exactly what Zach was saying. We were sort of... 
you know, chuntering a little bit. Oh, there he goes again, talking about Ch- culture. Chuntering? Yeah, you know, like, you know. <laughs> that surely is not chunt- a word. It is. It is a word. It is a word. Chuntering. Chuntering about, um, not chundering. That would be a completely different uh, kettle of vomit there. But, um, yeah, chuntering about, oh, there goes Zach, talking about culture again. You know, I wish he'd just shut up about culture, you know. Because it felt like a bit of a hollow coach speech yeah. phrase. But I yeah. think now we know what he was talking about. I and mean, it took time to come to fruition, but this is this is obviously what he was talking about. He wanted to create an environment that's like this for players like the yeah. people that he signed. Yeah. Um all captains, all with playoff experience either in college yep. and yep. NFL yep. to flourish. And that's exactly what they're doing. So again, what do we know? What do we know? Eh? <laughs> what do we know? What do we know? I, I tell you what, and I just think what glues the whole thing together quite nicely is Joe Burrow. And I think that they know he's talented. They they really sort of thrive off his energy and the quality that he brings. And I think when you've got a serious player like that, that people look at around the locker room and they say, we can win a Super Bowl with this guy, there's no doubt. Yeah, I think that does motivate people when you get the best out of people. And I think that's, you know, for us getting that number one pick and having the opportunity not only to make the number one pick, but having a sort of generational talent like that sat there at the number one spot for quarterback. I mean, you have the number one pick this year, that guy's not there. So it becomes a lot more difficult to sort of find someone like that. And he really, you know, it's, it's such an exciting player. Like everyone just raving about him. You watch his interviews after games and he just really comes across as quite a simple sort of nice guy that feels pretty composed and confident yeah, and can yeah. play at a high level. He doesn't look phased by it. He doesn't look like he's um, nervous in any way, shape or form. Um, and I think maybe that was a slight criticism of Andy Dalton. You did feel a little bit like he had to, the, you know, the nerves and he, he knew it was a big occasion and did he have it in him? Um, did the Bengals have it in him? And, you know, we we are so used to as Bengals fans being underdogs, and this underdog narrative has really been a reason a lot of us have become, you know, became Bengals fans because it was sort of a smaller city, not as well known a franchise, and you felt like when we won, it was like, oh blimey, look at us, you know, hmm. that's Bengals fans making the playoffs and winning the AFC North and making the playoffs five times in a row. Look at us, look at us. And you look around the division at people like, and I hate to say it, the Steelers and the Ravens that are used to winning, they've won Super Bowls in the last decade. That's just what they expect. They don't have that underdog mentality. Mm-hmm. And I think Joe Burrow has brought that moxie and that sort of thing. And he said it this week. He's like, no, I'm pissed off with saying, you know, why not us? As if, you know, we're lucky to be here mm-hmm. or, you know, oh, look at us walking in the door. It's like bollocks. Let's kick the door down. You know, who's better than us? And I, I love that. I think he, I yeah. think he brings such leadership. He's such a young lad as well. He's 25. I mean, what's he going to look like when he's, you know, when he's wise old age of 31 like myself, son? You know, we can only, we can only hope. Exactly. If he's half the man you are, Nathan, then um, <laughs> we'll all be in trouble, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, right, let's get to our correspondence. You can get us, as ever, at today underscore UK, Bengals UK on Facebook. Do stay locked to those social channels for details of our um, potential meetups, shall we say, on Tuesday. I don't want to say definite yet because we've got a tiny few things to iron out, but um, uh, it's looking likely, so just stay tuned. But let's go to your correspondences. Peter Dadswell at Dadders. Why should others fear Bengals? 
Elite QB who can read and unpick defences. Weapons, weapons everywhere. D that can turn it up when the lights are brightest. A big-legged kicker with even bigger cojones. And most of all, any of the above can win the game when required of them. Here, here, Peter. Uh, Slam Dunk the Funk at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. King who, yet again, written off by everyone and we get the win. In the words of Chumbawamba, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Nine times, nine, and we still effing won. It's time to start giving us the Yay. respect we deserve. KC will be tough, but these Tigers are resilient fighters. Come on then, Duncan. Come on. Go on then, then Sam. Go on. Um, at the Who Bay, Jess. Hello, Jess. I spoke to Jess and Jeremy on the phone last night to say hello. Um... I can't even believe this is happening. I predicted it, and I still can't believe it. Sharing it with all of you makes it all the more special. Absolutely, 100%, Jess. And do you know what? I think that's it, isn't it? We're, thanks to social media, we are able to do that. We hear thousands of miles away. We do feel part of it. You know, we can see you and Jeremy's videos from the games. We can see, you know, podcasts and, and, and kind of, you know, get involved with things. And it's... um. It's brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. Stuart Davis at Stu Davis. Uh, I do miss Stu's at Dutch Bath um, handle, I must say. It's one Um, one of the most solid of handles that was. Definitely, yeah. Uh, Nothing really groundbreaking to say, except I can't believe this is real. Respect to Shooter Mac, and thank you to all UK Bengals fans for sticking through the past 30 years. No daft penalties, strong D, and OL game next week, and it could be on. One game away. Just enjoy it. Who day? We've got to talk about Evan McPherson, haven't we? I mean, like Stu said, what an absolute animal to geezer. Yeah, he's he's got the same sort of stuff as Burrow, hasn't he, almost? Yeah, I know. Um, what, are they, what are they drinking, these geezers? I don't know. We're going to have to tag along and see what they're having a, <laughs> having a tipple on. Matthew Catterall at MX Cat. Um... Has Palmer already bought his ticket for the Super Bowl? Well, now there's a question. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's chatter. There's chatter. Well, uh, Martin at Dorset Bengal. It's dreamland right now. And the best thing about this team is that they don't play scared. Playing in our head is fun to our guys. We have the leaders to do this. Unbelievable team chemistry. Let's shock the world. Well, there you go. That's Martin at Dorset Bengal. Jamie at Trequart B set. Lads. We're in the AFC Championship. We deserve to be in the AFC Championship. 60 minutes between us and the big dance. KC are amazing, but do you honestly rule us out with our passing attack? Joe's quite interested mm. in the passing attack. Is Burrow, I mean, you look at his stats, 348 yards passing, hugely inflated by two plays. One, the Uzama play before the half, which was mm. a bit sort of like, yeah, whatever. I think he got about 30 or 40 on that, just around the half out. And then the one where he slung it out to Chase, quite an easy sort of one. And I tell you what, that's such an underrated play in the game that was, because mm. they did, I thought they struggled all day passing. It always looked a little bit sort of up and down. They made plays when it mattered, but they did struggle. I mean, you don't get sacked nine times and, you know, not struggle. And the defence really did do such a good job of getting them the ball mm. back, putting mm. them in decent field position. But, I mean, you, you know, he didn't play... I'm not saying he played badly anyway, Joe Burrow. I mean, he did absolutely what he could. He played well in the right moments. But it was by no means the Bengals' offence's biggest day. I mean, 
Mixon did well. He got that world to get that touchdown, but he he only averaged just under four yards a carry. So no one necessarily lit it up. And that's why I thought it was such a good win because it was a real like gritty, like no one blew them out. You know, Burrow didn't come out and slice them up for four touchdowns. It was just everyone play well in this, in situational moments. And mm. we're just not used to that as a team. And it, it fires me up some. Moz at Moza92. I'm extremely proud of everyone from the coaches to the players. Never felt this positive and confident in a Bengals team. I love Good them. Day. I love them. Well done, Moz. Dan Waite at DNKW. Absolutely ecstatic with the victory. Really like this team's resilience. We so often seem to have a chance when faced with adversity. Uh, Rob Hill at 3003. Rob. Um, what should I say there? Um, hope the press keep up the disrespect. Look at the motivation it gave DJ. We are showing we can win multiple ways. Good teams do. Killian at Malloy, double zero. Magical night on Saturday. I'm still in disbelief. Never in my wildest dreams at the start of the year did I think we would be anywhere near the championship game. It's honestly a bit surreal. No one will give us a chance next week. Time to prove them wrong again. Um... Dean at DD Merit, uh, is this a very in-depth Matrix-style dream? So happy for the team and its fans. This is so deserved. Um, Omar Siddiqui at Omario Bolt. Um, I'm so confident of a win against KC. Our secondary hung with Tyreek and Kelsey already, and we dropped INTs last time. Uh, the atmosphere in Tennessee will help us prepare. Let's go, Houday. Uh, Duncan at Dunkstar02. Um, Joe's record when seeing a team for the second time in a season is fantastic, so expecting another 500-yard-plus Raven-style blowout. Wink emoji. Uh, Sean at Disciple of Ange. That was incredible. I love that we can win tight, scrappy defensive games as well as those high-action shootouts. Uh, James at Baguette Disco. Um, that defensive interior was stout. Absolutely. Uh, John Ward, that was the worst game to watch, but also amazing to watch. Dave Cass at Come On Didier. Solid end. We've been through so much over the last 30 years, but what? But that Saturday night was magical, and no one can ever take it away from us. Who day, my friends? Who day to you, Dave? Uh, Darren Wright at Darren W nine six zero four 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 one one. I wonder if that's his phone number. I'm not sure. Um, Shocking handle. <laughs> this season has been so special, and this podcast has helped with the hype each week. I cannot wait to see how you guys get us ready for the next two weeks. Blimey, there's a bit of pressure. Uh, we'll do our best, Darren. Um, uh, what else? Tom Lawrence at Solid Handle. With Solid handle. The, that a bit meta that is, isn't it? I think uh, that Titans attempted two two point conversion at six six that was thwarted. Massive, I tell you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got messages from Darmid Russell, Trey Odell at I am Bruce seventeen. I was sweating through every piece of clothing I was wearing right to the very end. Never been a better time to be a Bengals fan. Who day? Let's do it again. Um, and that's kind of about it, really. I've got a question for you, Sam. Go on, then. This is a fun question. I feel like you'll enjoy this. Okay. If you could have 
one former Bengal at his peak of his career to help us in this AFC title and Super Bowl game. Yeah. Who would it be? Max Montoya. Ooh, yeah, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Or... Not Munoz? No, because I think... I think Jonah's holding us... Even though he was a, he had problems on Saturday, I think he's been pretty good this year, Jonah, and that's fine. Where we need desperate help, I think, is the right-hand side. So Montoya yeah, yeah. would just plug in at right guard. He's fanta- He was fantastic. But, you know, if you, if you, you've got to say Willie Anderson as well at right tackle. You know, um, if we could have two, yeah. I'd go for Willie and no, You Max. can only have one, you greedy bastard. Oh, do you know what? The way, I'm sorry to say, the way Adenage is playing, I'm going to go Montoya. Yeah. Uh, Prince is tricky, but he's just about hold his, held his own a little bit. <laughs> I don't know, it really does come down to fractions. What about, what about Gino Atkins in his prime? Alongside DJ Reader to take the place of um, yeah, I'd love, Logan Joby's left. I would love that, um, but would at, at, at this it? moment in time, I would I would say Montoya at right guard. I think that's where we yeah. need, need help most at the moment. Yeah, no. I, I what don't are you saying? What are you saying? Oh, I don't know. I'd be tempted by like a prime Geno Atkins, just because I feel like you know that defense is doing so well at the moment. And I think against Mahomes, if we had Geno in his peak, um, alongside Reader and Trey Hendrickson, I think that would be pretty formidable. But I, because I don't think the Chiefs' pass rush is going to be quite as good as the Titans. But I know what you mean with in terms of like where's the biggest weakness. Um, you would definitely say that line. It's just whether Montoya would be. You know, as impactful in that position at guard, that uh, oh, he would, I think he would be. I think he would be. Man. Just chuck in Chad Johnson, like why not? You know what I mean? Like uh, chuck him know. in there, just go. You know, go uh, <laughs> empty sets, just go absolute, go for the throat. Um, yeah, interesting question, but yeah, I, I think I mean we've got Chris Jones again this Saturday, and he caused a bit of havoc against us, doesn't he? And We've got Frank Clark, and you know, again, whatever yeah, team you're going to play, it's still gonna... pretty tasty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the that... good thing is, though, just just sorry, one last thing, just to give it a bit of positivity on it. I was saying this when I was watching the game when we won. I was like, you know, the, the good thing is that the offense and Zach Taylor and the coaching staff will be like, you know, Burrow's been hit nine times, yeah. you know, sacked nine times. And it would have been more than that. You forget there's a couple of plays that, you know, the delay a game one that got called back mm, would have been a mm. sack otherwise. You know, it really was an absolute bloodbath out there. They will spend all week working on that. Oh, absolutely. They will, they're not and stupid. Almost they're not what stupid. You, yeah, exactly. You don't want that to take you out. They've got a chance to fix it now. They'll spend all week on it. They'll be saying to the guys that what's going on here you know what can we work on how can we practice get the reps in like you know so it'll be better um for the coming week and i think that's the big thing isn't it just avoid any pitfalls and they've done such a good what the one thing i'd say about them they've done such a good job of like ironing out the turnovers when we were losing games yeah they were beating themselves and i think they came out and said there was a yeah, they had a big meeting in the locker room and they said, look, we barely lost a game this season where we haven't beaten ourselves with messy mm. turnovers. And, you know, they did that again against the Titans. It was a very disciplined performance in that respect. There was one interception, but, you know, they got more from the Titans. And I think if they could just work out those line struggles, if they can just get together, get Frank Pollock in there, you know, get Zach in there, get the team working hard and just... Keep Joe Boy upright against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, we have got a real, real chance if they can do that. Yeah, more importantly, I think, 
I think the players will know they need to improve yeah. as well, not yeah. just the coaches. They will they will see the stat lines, they'll see the headlines, they'll see people in the national media gobbing off about, you know, nine sacks, how can the Bengals win against, you know, if they're letting up nine sacks. But, you know, these are, these are proud guys, you know, and they want to, you know, you hear about offensive linemen who just kind of, um, you know want to protect their quarterback at all costs, you know, and, and yeah. getting, you know, letting up a sack is the most heinous thing that any offensive lineman can do. So they must be feeling it at the moment. They must be feeling it. So, yeah. Um, so good luck to them. That's what I say. Um, right. We'll be back on Thursday to preview the game, some fun and games coming up um, to uh, get you ready and hyped for the big game on Sunday. Online tailgate, will be around this weekend. It might even be Saturday night. We'll see. Keep it locked to our social media channels at Hooday underscore UK on Twitter and Bengals UK on Facebook for details of our meetups. Yes, meetups uh, on Sunday. Is that your new hip word? Keep it locked. <laughs> Keep it locked. I think that's what uh, like, proper... like a teenager with his hat sideways. That's right, yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm presenting a ch- pop show with Char at number 30 kids and keep it locked because after the news we've got the top 20 yes um anyway yes or keep your eyes open that's probably better and less less uh, less wanky isn't it so keep your eyes peeled on our social media platforms for details of the meetups uh i hope you enjoyed wayne box miller as much as i did talking to him uh, what a lovely man. Um, and he'll be back on the podcast again at some point. Uh, so thanks to him for his time. But until Thursday, dear listeners, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation. <laughs>